0: Welcome to another weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom, Zoom style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sidney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG ck K eighty once again at ck K eighty. That's S I D K I D eight zero. That's S I D K I D eight zero.
1: You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the IG.
2: You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram and Lamont Scott 16
0: on Twitter. And you can follow this podcast. Second city sports is part of the war media network. By excuse me, by simply searching war on anchor, we kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google play, Stitcher, wherever you download your podcast, make sure you search for war on anchor. And- and we're also on iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app when you do. Engine Box, War on Anchor. That's W A R R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W A R R Media. You can see our lovely faces. You can watch us live do our thing. Hello. 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 Uh, we got work on that. <laughs> We, we gotta got work it. on that. Well, as 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 we always say, we build the plane while we flying it.
1: Right. Practice makes perfect, as I Here always say. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> practice, all, practice makes perfect, as I say. <laughs> all right. We got, <laughs> we got a lot to get to today, so we're gonna start off with some NBA for this hour. The player association late last night has approved a plan that will start the nba on december 22nd that'll include a reduced 72 game schedule clearing the way for the league and even to finalize the details you know we'll we'll figure out how, how figure out how that goes especially you know how much you know how many how much crowds will be in the arenas the travel and all that this all this is sort of you know kind of you know regain some of that revenue that they lost from this past season so I'll start off with uh, I'll start off with you, Sid. What do you think about about what the NBA and the NBAPA have agreed to do? Is all, all the details are all like sort of like being mapped out? But what do you think about you know all the mm-hmm. all this and you know some of the other stuff that the NBA might and the PA might do?
0: Uh, from a from a fan standpoint, I'm glad that the NBA is starting on Christmas. We all actually have games to watch instead of me going on YouTube every night looking at old games that's all cool and all. But I want to <laughs> see some uh, fresh games from my El television. <laughs> now, with, with that being said, uh, we talked about this for the last couple of weeks on the show. Uh, uh, there's going to be limited to no fans to start off with, at least for the winter months. And let's be honest here, it all comes down to money. And let's look at it from one side. From the teams that haven't played since March, the teams that did not get invited to the bubble, like the Golden State Warriors, the North Chicago Bulls, the New York Knicks, Detroit Pistons, etc., cetera, they, they haven't played meaningful basketball in almost 10 months. So uh, I'm sure, the, those, I know those franchises were waiting to get started. So that's a factor right there on the fat two months off. So they had to uh, gear it back up again. And you feel sorry for the other teams like the Denver Nuggets and the Miami Heat and Boston Celtics where the other three of the four remaining teams uh, left in that bubble. So they had to uh, stretch waters as well. But I'm glad to hear that the NBA will be coming back during the week of Christmas. It won't interfere with the Olympics. I know people are pressing this issue about, oh, you got to compete with football. Uh, They had to compete with football in some sorts anyway, but uh, the NFL is not their problem. They, they have to get this uh, season in. Not uh, if they want their players to compete in the Olympics. This is the move they have to do.
2: Lamont. Yes, and uh, one I kind of knew what happened once I saw how much money was at stake. They were standing to lose like about six hundred million. I knew they was playing on Christmas, and by playing on Christmas. They don't run into the NFL, as you was mentioning, too much, and they get to do the Olympics, and they get the money for next season. The way their contract is structured, they get that bonus money next season, but they got to get through this season. So I didn't have no doubt in my mind that they would play. And, like, as far as feeling sorry for those teams that had the long run, that's kind of your job, man. So that's, like, that's part of your job. Sometimes you work with people you don't like. Sometimes you got to go in when your stomach hurts. So that's kind of <laughs> it done. So, um, I mean, you know, play ball is kind of how I look at it. I look forward to being probably one of the limited fans in these stands, every chance I get.
1: It'll be interesting, like I said, to see how – and if the arenas are going to be structured is it going to be are there going to be people even allowed in the arenas will there be empty arenas how the travel is going to be i mean will they just keep it regional keep the midwestern teams in the midwest or the east teams in the, in the east and this you know this, the west teams in the far west and the southeast so that's that's another thing they're gonna to have to figure out, and also, like you said, Lamont, you know, some of these teams like the Lakers and the Heat, who literally just, just they just finished their season and now they gotta gear up for another season, getting ready for training camp and all that. So that's another thing that they gotta have to figure out too. So a lot to kind of digest and a lot of onions they gotta kind of peel the layers out, but. But, you know, like you guys said, this is all about revenue. They, they, they lost a lot of revenue. Like you said, Lamont, they lost $650 million in revenue, and they're trying to get some of that money back. Especially, yes. from, especially from the TV deal. So they're going to have to be creative in how they're going to do it. So we'll see. And also you got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks, too, so you got to start scouting there. So there's still a lot of factors that are being played, and I, well, we'll see how they do it. I mean – we kind of figured that this was going to happen because they don't have to compete with football. Some of those finals games, they, they didn't ha- really have to, I know the ratings were not very good for the finals. I know people are going to be you know, going on and on about it, but this is, a, there's still a lot of, there's a lot of stuff going on. So I think, of course the range will be a little little down than they you know than they usually are so and plus the finals are usually on in june i mean this, this it just it just ended like in early october so you know for yeah. people kind of go you know all crazy like oh my god how dare they look let's think about this for a second <laughs> this was an impressive season and you feel for the teams like we said like the warriors and the bulls how they're going to be able to come back because they haven't these guys haven't played competitive basketball in months so Still a lot of questions, and there's still going to be a whole lot of, you know, things to sort of digest and sort of figure out.
2: Yeah, it helps that the the Warriors have a few uh, Hall of Famers on their team. So they might be able to come back a lot easier than our Bulls. But I'm looking forward to seeing our Bulls now that we got uh, not one, but two coaches. So, I mean, (laughs) hey, Bulls might be headed in that direction. Yeah, it's going to be mad on Madison
1: again. And also they got competent people there too. So I know AK has been traveling, you know, scouting and, and I, what, what they can do. I mean, I know the traveling is still very limited at this point, but with the draft being in two weeks with everything else going on, It'll be interesting to see how some of these teams, like the Bulls and the Warriors who haven't played in months, how they're going to look. I know, yes, they've been practicing, but they haven't played a competitive game, like I said, in months, literally. So it'll be interesting to see what, what they do here. What do you think?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's going to be a little raggedy at first until people get to use to each other. That's why they got a uh, uh, warm-up. You know, they, I think they go back December 1st, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and they got that ramp-up. And, you know, the first couple of weeks may be raggedy. That's why a lot of the veterans may sit out them early weeks because that's a quicker time to get injured. So, I mean, I don't look for a lot of those uh, upper echelon super-duper stars like the Kawhis and LeBrons to run out there. I do look for uh, Durant and uh, Irvin to get out there as much as possible, as early as possible, and as many times as possible because they need to see what they really got in them before they go into a season. So I mean, I think it's gonna be um, it's gonna be interesting, but it's gonna be well worth the wait and the watch.
1: I, I'm with you, and uh, as we get Sydney uh, reconnected here, but um, I want to ask about sort of that—that's gonna be interesting. Like, like I mentioned about the travel, what do you think the travel is gonna be? Are they gonna stay? Everyone's gonna stay regional? I doubt a lot of them are gonna be like going cross country. So, I, what do you I, think about the travel?
2: I think they're gonna do it. I think they may do it more so like a. Uh, You know how they do that west coast circus trip Mm -hmm. they may set up trips like that throughout the east and then set up all of the west coast trips like you know what i'm saying like set it up where if you're close to that state you'll be in that state i mean with every team having its own plane and own hotel pretty much wherever they go i don't see it being that big of a situation because they moving straight from an isolated place to an isolated place to an isolated place so and I think I had heard something about with the fans, they're not going to let them in the bottom rows or something. They're only going to have them in, you know what I'm saying, like the first five rows I don't think will be fans or something like that. So however they choose to work that part out, I think they'll be able to work it out. And with the travel, like I was saying, I think they're going to keep it more so an isolated group type situation.
1: I could probably see it where all the all division teams sort of play each other multiple times so that they don't have to travel as much so – if, you know, the Bulls travel to Milwaukee or to Detroit or to Indiana, that – or, you know, I know they're not in – I know they're in the West, but maybe Minnesota perhaps sort of do that cross-conference yeah. there. Um, I could probably see them doing that, still see them doing that. Maybe have, you know, New York and Brooklyn play each other multiple times. Maybe Philly play, you know, play those teams. And that's – you know and, and also yeah. the Wizards too. I mean, th- that's still a lot they're going to have to figure out because you still got like – everyone sort of spread out. And I know you don't, because of COVID, you don't want you know, these teams traveling cross-country.
2: Yeah, I mean, and with that, you know, it's, it's weird. And you can block it like that. But even even traveling cross-country, it's more so like once they enter their plane and their isolated situations, they're still kind of simply isolated till they get in contact with the other team in the other arena. And I think that falls on each team to run their building to a standard. You see what I'm saying? Like, you can't come to the United Center and run into every concession worker, so to speak. You know, you can't bump into every fan as your team comes into the United Center. I don't think you can have people like, you know, me in the back waiting on the players to walk on the court. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I think it's a lot of logistical things that they're going to have to overcome. But... That's why they get the big bucks. Okay, now, I think they got they got some competent people that are strategizing and working some things out.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Lamont. I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they figure all this out. Cause I'm sure they're gonna do testing. I'm sure it'll be easier for them to do since you know the the roster for the players is not a lot, and the coaches and the trainers and medical personnel and you know maybe even the media people. Cause we'll see. Because it'll be interesting to see if the TV, the local TV broadcasters and the radio broadcasters will be able to travel. You saw what happened over at ESPN where a lot of the the behind-the-scenes folks, you know, lost their jobs, unfortunately, yesterday. They're sort of setting it up so that they can use sort sort of – I forgot what they – I know the Big Ten Network uses, so maybe they'll do it very similar that way. Unfortunately, you you don't need a lot of camera people anymore, and maybe, you know, some of the older broadcasters, you know, won't be able to do their – You'll call their games from home. So still a lot of things, they got to, a lot of parameters they got to figure out.
2: And, and I was thinking about that. The, the ones that be having to call these games from home, i, I got to pat them on the back a little bit. Because you, you're, really, you're doing a really good job. You're calling a whole game from your house. I mean, you can have the biggest TV and all of that. But I'm sure it's things that you see in that building while you're calling a game that you don't see on your TV. And so, I mean, I do commend all of the announcers, the men and the women that go out and do that on a consistent basis for us. And I know um, I was listening to some of the ones that were allowed to be in there, like the Cubs broadcasters that was in the, the stadium to call the games and they were just separated by the glass or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's different. And, and they was talk about how eerie it was to be like that in the big empty stadium. And I guess I've never thought about it this way, but a big empty stadium could be a kind of creepy, you know? You ever thought about walking in the soldier field and thinking about all the dead soldiers and ghost of soldiers and things of that nature? Well, I guess empty stadiums could be creepy. They say you got to go to the bad, it's <laughs> on the lower level. That could be real creepy. I never really thought about it. So if we get assigned to go cover the, you know, the United Center, you know, it could be creepy sometimes going under the bottom. <laughs>
1: Well, they might do like they did with, for the bubble in Orlando. They may do virtual fans. You know, maybe they'll, that's probably how they'll get the revenue because I'm sure you got to pay a fee through Microsoft or whatever they decide to use. So the, I, I can picture the NBA doing that for all the arenas. I, I know in some states it's a little bit, you know, a little bit more loose with the restrictions than there are in others. But so in some state, some arenas you probably will play be playing in front of fans. So I, that's another thing they're probably going to have to figure out too. The consistency
2: and, of it. And, you know, they was they, they heard all them fans at the World Series. They heard that. You know what I'm saying? They heard that. They, you can hear them fans in certain stadiums. Them fans at that Clemson game the other day, you can hear these things and don't think these presidents and things aren't listening and hearing these things. they like, hold on. We got an enclosed building. We can echo the sound coming from the voices. They're going to come up with all types of things to stretch out the little fans they got but with the virtual things that have you ever participated in any the virtual thing like virtual family not
1: yet not yet not i think yet. yeah i think there's a fee i think you got to pay depending on i think i don't microsoft does i think it's like 50 bucks depending on i i guess you know where you are the particular teams so that's like i said that's another thing they're going to have to figure out come sure I'm sure that I'm sure that gonna be playing in empty stadiums. So I'm sure the subs are gonna be very similar to what we saw in the bubble in Orlando.
2: Now, with, uh, and it's funny that, and, and, and I, maybe it's because it's independently operated, but you know, the uh, WWE doesn't charge. And you can log on to all of their platforms and be in their virtual, they call it the uh, Thunderdome. Mm-hmm. And they, they literally have thousands of us on screen surrounding the entire uh, facility. You know, they rented out the Amway Center and turned it into a virtual universe of nothing but fans. So you can go in and out doing a game, say you want to be on, you go in, you let them know you want to leave, you leave. If you stay away from your screen longer than two minutes, they dump you out anyway. But uh, WWE has made it really nice in the uh, Thunderdome where you, you know, there's so many uh, faces and there's so many screens that actually look like it's people in the building because you're getting their reactions and everything. So they've done a magnificent job with their fan um, situation, but they don't charge. I don't know how that would work with the NBA. I think they probably would want to charge or whatever. But yeah, that's probably
1: <laughs> that's probably what they'll do. They'll probably they'll pro- Like I said, they'll probably do similar to what they did with the bubble. I know they did one with Microsoft where you had to pay like, like a $50 fee. To sign up and be yeah. one of those virtual fans, so I'm sure, especially in the arenas where it's going to be a lot, in states where it's going to be is a lot more restrictive. That's probably what they're going to end up doing.
2: Yeah, but um, I would, I, I think they would get more participation if they just let them let them in free. You know, it's virtual. Let yeah. Them free. Yeah. They we'll can see. take the note from. Them.
1: Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll, you, know, you, saw, you saw a lot of celebrities there, especially in the finals. So it was sort of basically a who's who among those virtual fans. So we may see something very similar there, something they'll have to figure out. All right, so we're going to go to the baseball diamond as we, you know, consider has reconnected with us. We'll give him a minute to set up here. But, uh, yeah, so like I said, it's going to be very interesting to see what they do and what the – what the parameters are going to be once it's being used. So, oh. uh, all right, so Now, finish your thought about the the NBA, and we were talking about how the how the uh, the virtual fans and how how you know the fans that they travel. What what's your what's your synopsis of, of all this? Uh, the virtual fans. Uh, it, it,
0: probably will be needed for the first couple months of the season because you're going to have limited fans or no fans at all uh, in the stands starting the season, like here in Chicago, uh, because of, of, of what's going on right now and because of other businesses shutting down due to COVID. And I know it's the safety reasons. I know the NBA doesn't want to do it. But as we talked about before, because of them losing more money if they didn't start around the Christmas holiday, Uh, They would have set back some some back some things and they would have lost more money. You had to gone up against the Olympics. So them starting on Christmas Day uh, made a lot of sense. Now,
1: what about now? What about the uh, what about the travel for it? talking about the travel. I was asking about the travel for the ABA teams because Lamont and I were saying that maybe they keep it regional. Maybe they keep it kind of like to avoid all the cross-country trips. So what do you think about the travel for the NBA and what they're going to do about it?
2: Did he get it? Oh. Frozen
1: mm-hmm. again? Okay. I'll...
2: Would you try to keep it regional or would you, would you uh, kind of test the boundaries and see what happens first? Or oh, you see what I'm saying? Like, I think it's gonna take, it's gonna take some stepping out on faith, which is something I don't think billionaires have a lot of, so to speak. <laughs> you know, it's, 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 it's gonna take a lot of belief and a lot of different things to try to step out like that and try different things. Personally, I don't think it's enough people in the league with enough faith to do it. But, you know, mm. how would you handle it?
1: I, I would, eh, I probably would, you know, maybe do a couple of cross country score to feel everything out. But if something happens, if someone tests positive for COVID, we're saying in the NFL, I'm thinking maybe they might keep it regional. I think, but again, you know, they haven't released the schedule yet. So that's another thing they're going to have to figure out.
2: And let me ask you a question about about these tests and stuff that's coming up, right? I mean, like the few people that have gotten COVID in the league and different things of that nature. Do you think it's more so them catching it from the stadium or from some of their outside interferences when they're not doing their job?
1: I think it all depends. I think there have been there have been cases where they might have gotten it at the facility or may have gotten it from a teeny that probably they didn't know they had it. Or they might have, you know, it it could just been by happenstance. I mean, maybe maybe they were around someone that they, they did, you know, they had it but they didn't know they had it, or maybe they were Maybe they were doing something they weren't supposed to be doing and they ended up getting it. So I, I you know, who who knows? We we see it different like in various instances where some guys got it from, you know, just being at that, that the facility when it wasn't probably it wasn't properly cleaned, or maybe they got it from somebody else from yeah. a teammate. Or, you know, in some cases where they you know, was, they were caught doing something they weren't supposed to be doing, like being around people without a mask. I don't know.
2: Yeah, speaking of the masks, I guess we'll get into it later about what the uh, NFL doing with them people and their masks and that money.
1: So. Yeah, <laughs> we'll definitely get to that. So let's go to the uh, let's go to the diamond, uh, Lamont. Each of the both the Cubs and the Sox both got Gold Gloves. You know, some some very something very important happened on Tuesday. It was very you know life changing and changing for the country. They the MLB announced their Gold Glove winners.
2: <laughs> yes, you seen that right?
1: I yeah, mean, right. I, that was weird. Uh so among the winners out of nowhere, for nowhere, out
2: of nowhere. Literally, right.
1: literally um, Anthony Rizzo, I think this is his fifth his fourth gold glove in the last 5 years for the Cubs. Luis Robert got his first for the White Sox. Among some of the others, um Nolan Arenado, Colton Wong, JP Crawford.
0: You got um, the list
2: of who won the first baseman in the American League. Was it that boy from Tampa Bay?
1: Hang on, let me see here.
2: Because if he didn't win, he still played a a heck of a first base in those playoffs. Every every time I looked over there, that boy was making something look good that they made look bad. I like him a lot at first base on defense. Like, I really do like him a lot. Like
1: It is – yeah, I mean, it is weird, though, that – they decided to announce all of this as you know we are trying to reconnect with Sid, but it is weird that they announced this during on a Tuesday when a lot of people weren't paying attention. <laughs> and so it was election
2: day, that's why.
1: Everyone's like, "What the heck?" Like, okay, well, we'll just I guess we'll just dump the dump it here and then we'll, we'll just you know figure it out and such. So I, I just think it's kind of funny that unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, no, not, it was it was actually Evan White from Seattle who won on for first base for the AL.
2: But I like I liked that, that boy played a good first base in those playoffs all the way through. He saved them a bunch of times all the way through. But with them awards, I think they should do it more so where younger people can see the awards. Like you even have a show if you need me and have a show where you show the clips of the people. That, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like You have some younger people so they can see a person like Javi that won his first and uh, the other people that won their first. And you could, Luis Robert, perfect example. I think they say he had one era all season yep. or something like that. Yeah, I think younger people, especially younger African-Americans, we need to see that because a lot of the younger kids I talk to, they got this little stigma that the only black players in baseball are not from America. And because every time they look at one, they look at him and they think he's from America and he's not. So they'd be like, oh, he not, he not. And it's a kind of a stigma that they got and uh, I've actually talked to many of them, even the you in high school, and they really believe that. So that's like the boy that the Cubs drafted. I hope he can push through and make it up and show a lot of the inner city kids that you can't make it from, you know, I went Curtis Grandison ain't going to be the only thing to carry this legacy from Chicago, you know what I'm saying? So it's like I think they need to show it more, and it could help if they show it more. So that's my opinion.
1: Listen to Second City and watching Second City Sports Zoom style along with Lamont Scott and Sydney Brown. Hopefully, we'll be able to reconnect with him soon. I'm Lakina McGee. We're talking about the baseball off-season awards that are coming up. Also, the Silver Slugger awards were also released this week. Of Abreu, you know, three, you know, three for the White Sox. You got Abreu. You had. Um, Tim Anderson won for the Sox and shortstop. So what do you think, Lamont? I mean, the the, the White Sox got three silver slugger awards. That's pretty – that's a pretty good though.
2: Three silver sluggers, what, two gold gloves, one gold glove?
1: Yep. Um,
2: And the silver slugger and the gold glove ain't in the same place. So you're looking at that four great players out of the nine that you're putting out there. So, scratch the picture, that's half of the team you're putting out there are award winners.:
1: Yeah, and also so, Alo- how bad-
2: yeah, huh?
1: No, no, I'll say,, I was just going to mention Aloy won first base, so yeah. pretty good for the White Sox, it. yeah.
2: So how bad can they really be? Like it all you almost can send me to coach the White Sox he could pull off a good season. I mean, but i, I do I do think, and I didn't had time to stew over it a little bit. I think you have to use the gut in the eye test along with the analytics. And I think the Larusa thing could work that way once we get these bench coaches and stuff lined all the way out. I think they're going to go more gut than I, and I think they're going to implement maybe like a 60-40 type situation.
1: Yeah, I can but see that.
2: I think it's going to be a situation like that. And if, if that is if that is true, if, if, you can, if you can take that 40% of the, uh, however you want to do it, flip it 60, 40, however way you want to do it. If you want 60 numbers, 40, gut. If it worked, it worked. It work, I, can, I can see it working if they do it properly. And if it works properly, that could be game changing. Like, that could change the game. And a lot of veteran managers you know, the Girardi's and the, and the Ventura's and stuff will push through some more because they would have a blueprint. And maybe LaRusso came back to give us a new blueprint. So, I see. He got work with.
1: Yeah, I don't like the fact that Tim Anderson said that he and LaRusso have not talked yet. I'm not, I don't like that at all. So. And, and he
2: had I- an attitude about it too. Like, man, I, man he ain't reached out. I'm a, he, he like, Tim Anderson was taking a real, uh, should I say, homeboy type approach to the situation.
1: All right, as we finally got Sid back. Yay! Welcome oh, back. Um, <laughs> all right. All right, Sid. Uh, we, were, <laughs> we were talking we were talking about the Silver slug Awards for the the White Sox and also Tim Anderson's comments. So well we'll start off with the Silver slug Awards, you know, the White Sox winning three. What's your thought what are your thoughts mm-hmm. on it?
0: Uh, congratulations to all three of those players for for winning it. They had great seasons and helping the White Sox uh, get back to the playoffs for the first time in twelve years. As you guys, uh, some of you guys were talking about the Tim Anderson comments he made on his IG on Thursday about not talking with Tony La Russa. I I understand why some people are making it a big deal because many of the of the fan White Sox fan base did not like the hiring to begin with. So all the hate and all the anger goes towards La Russa, and I understand it. I don't agree with it, but I understand it. Now, relating to Tim Anderson, uh, he can have an opinion and feel however he wants to feel. Uh, eventually, La Russa can, uh, is going to talk to him. Uh, La Russa doesn't have to go into a rush to talk to everybody at once. You still have the rest of November, December, January, and then you start in early February for spring training. i Uh, he he knows what he's doing he's going to uh, talk to all the guys i'm sure he's going to have it done uh, within the next few weeks so i I wouldn't worry about this too much
1: all right what about the white Sox winning three silver circle i think that's the that's like the second or third time that one team has gotten more than more than two so that's pretty impressive
0: it is pretty impressive you look at up and down that lineup he has uh Great players having all-star years like Jose Abreu. We talked about him to death all year long, excuse the expression. And, of course, the, uh, Luis Robert, he struggled with the bat toward the end of the season. He has a bright future. Eloy Jimenez, he's great at the play. We're not going to talk about the other side of his game. That's a whole other issue. <laughs> but this, this is the Silver Slugger Award, so we'll stick to that. So, And Tim Anderson, I thought he was going to drop off a little bit in terms of his offense, but – He's gotten better as the year went on. So I know for a while he was in, in talks for the AL MVP award. So as I said before, congratulations all three of those guys.
1: Now things got a little bit awkward there as former manager Ricky Renteria has been named a finalist for man, AL manager of the year. So what do you guys think of think of, think of it? <laughs> got a little awkward there. <laughs>
2: Didn't he, didn't he make that, didn't he make the finals the year before Madden replaced him? He,
1: he did. Yes, he did, actually. the NL, he sure
2: did. <laughs> he, he, it wasn't nothing new under the sun. I think, I think in the back of his mind all along, he you know, he was like a place, Matt, a placekeeper. I mean, certain people I've brought in to build certain things and put them in certain places. I mean, everybody can't go to the mountaintop. I mean, I remember when Moses was trying to cross over, he told him, you ain't going to make it across. The rest of them going, but you ain't going. So I think that's been happening since the beginning of time, and it continues to happen. It's just in sports now.
0: Mm, I am healed. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) No disrespect. No disrespect. No disrespect. Right. Um, Ricky Ritteria is in a weird position. This reminds me of a couple of years ago. Remember the NBA head coach, Dwayne Casey, now Uh, with the Detroit Pistons? He got fired by Toronto following the 2018 exit of the playoffs by the then-led LeBron James Cleveland Cavaliers. Of course, a month later, he wins the award for Coach of the Year, and he got canned by the Raptors. Of course, it helped them along with – other key moves, i.e., Kawhi Leonard, lead them to the title in 2019. So I don't know if Ricky Renter uh, is going to win the AL Manager of the Year award. If he does, congratulations to him. But I don't see him winning it only because after the Sox clinched the playoff spot, they had two weeks left to prepare for the playoffs and they went in the tank. That's why I don't think he's going to win it. Congratulations on him being the finalist, but I'll be shocked if he wins the award. Did he go get another uh, he'll get another job as a, uh, as the manager. No, yeah, I can manager. see him as a I can see him as a bench coach. Which yeah. Or pitching a or time. hitting coach, but as a manager, not right away. If he does get another managerial job, there'll be a, a couple years only because, uh, the, the White Sox going to the playoffs this year, that is on his record, no matter how they did it, but it, it is on his record. Now, uh, the questions will be, can he handle a bullpen? Can he handle a, a starting pitching set? Which, and can he uh, consistently manage a lineup card? And that's all the issues that we talked about all season long, guys. <laughs> so this, it's going to be questions there if, 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 if he gets another man, manor, managerial job. Now, if he wants to work next year or uh, as soon as possible, he could, he'll could. he have to be hired, as I said, as a bench coach or a hitting coach of some form of a secondary job.
1: Sure. All right, so the other, other awards, Um, he'll be facing Kevin Cash from the Rays and Charlie Montoya, who I love, from the Blue Jays. Also, David Ross made the finals for yeah. NFL Manager of the Year. He'll be facing Don Manley and Jace Tingler from the San Diego Padres. And... Good news, Jose Breu has been named a finalist for AL MVP. He'll be up against mm-hmm. LeMayhu and of the Yankees and Jose Ramirez of the Indians. What do you guys think of his chances?
2: He should win it. I mean, how many games did, did the mother boys miss? Especially LeMahieu. I mean, he LeMayhu show up so when he show up, he show all the way out. And it looked like he'd been there the whole time. So, you know, I will go with Abreu for consistency, man. So, we'll see, I'm
1: rooting for him. More wars to the south side. More
0: wars to the south side. <laughs> what about you, Sid? I'm, as I said all season long, Jose Abreu is your AL MVP. Look how many games that he has, has had with multiple home run games. And when he, he hits home runs and when he has, has collected RBIs, they're game changers. So, I cannot – come to the conclusion that he won't win the award. DJ Lema, you had a, a a great year with with the Yankees. Of course Jose Ramirez with the Indians. Of course of course it didn't what you do in the playoffs obviously doesn't count because it's it's a regular season award. But Jose Abreu has made the difference in that young lineup since day one. We had experts and pundits all year, Lakina, that that came onto this program and I expressed to them that Jose Abreu, I thought personally was going to drop off a little bit because he didn't have to carry the team. But all all the other parts around him uh, did their part, and it made his numbers look better. So I cannot think of a more deserving guy for AL MVP than Abreu, a.k.a. Yeah. Pito. Yeah. I think uh, he stepped up too. See,
2: my phone King. I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, go ahead. No, I think he stepped up. Instead, mm-hmm. like, I, I, instead of that fall off, I mean, I think he became the leader of all of those young foreign-born players. I think they mm-hmm. can look at him as a model of consistency. I think the longer they keep him with uh, Aloy and Mankata and Rob, the longer they keep him with that core, the White Sox got the potential to be good for a very, very long time. And they got them all in place right now, really, because they ain't start, Ain't no real big contract issues. Once they decide to do Colomay and McCann, I would jump out the window and do the Colomay-McCann thing. And rock with it and bring in them other pieces.
1: And also, to a break, you led the league in, in both total bases and RBI. So I don't know. I think that might be a pretty good case for, for AL MVP. Now, for the NL, you got Mookie Best from the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman of the Braves, and from the Padres, Manny Machado. Where do you guys see that? Even. Hey
2: even though, you, even though you won the championship with the Dodgers, they had the other eight players already. So you was just the ninth one to push them over the top. Freddie Freeman has been right there all of these years. And I think this patting him on the back finally will get him that respect. He deserves greatly. Manny Matado, nah, he can come in third. But I think that it should go to Freddie Freeman.
0: I'm going with Mookie Betts because, as you mentioned, Lamont, all year long, including during this playoff run for the Dodgers, Mookie Betts has made an impact not only in the lineup on the field, in the batter's box, but on the field as well uh, with his defense. And number three, his attitude, he brought it to the clubhouse every day for the Dodgers. Of course, he the catalyst. They got them over the hump. Let's not forget about Corey Seager either. Uh, I know he's not up for the award, but those two guys, I know Seager's been there the longest, obviously. Those two guys helped finally bring the Dodgers over the hump. And Mookie Betts' attitude has been at a high level since day one. I know Mike Trout gets the respect that he deserves as being the 5-2 player, the best player in baseball. But sad to say, if you're a Trout fan, Mookie Betts is that guy right now. He's proved it all year long from day one until game six of the World Series this past season.
1: The consistency of it too. I mean, that—that that, I think that's yes. really the big thing for. I think that's why Boogie Betts – nothing against uh, Machado and Freeman. But I think Betts is sort of the guy for an mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be like the, the fifth, four for the fifth guy to do it in both leagues, win MVP. So that that is, a, if he does win it, they'll. I think they're going to announce it next week. I think that's a, going to be a pretty big accomplishment.
2: Boston, I know Boston's stomach hurt. <laughs> it's just <laughs> certain players you look at and you just can't let them go. Like, if, if, if Chris Bryant played half up to the level of Mookie Betts, we wouldn't even be considering saying, okay, we can let Bryant go. You know, it wouldn't even be crossing our minds, so to speak. But I don't know what Boston was thinking. They, I mean, they didn't like they were starving, starving for players and talent. They just paid a lot of other talent that wasn't as good as Mookie. And that's why they found themselves in the position that they were in. But, yeah, I mean, I don't see how you let something like that go out your door. I just don't
1: see it. Real quick with the Cy Youngs in both leagues. Shane Bieber, Kenta Maya from the Twins, Shane Bieber from the Indians, and Hong Jong-Ru from Toronto. Where do you guys see that? Real quick.
2: Dang.
0: I'm rooting for him. What about you, Sid? I'll go with Shane Bieber of the Indians.
1: I have Bieber as well. Now for the National League, you got Trevor Bauer from the Reds. Jacob DeGrom from the Mets and you Darvish from the Cubs. And look at the numbers. I think this is going to be a very tight one. But mm-hmm. I'm going to say Darvish because he was consistent the whole year. He had the lowest ERA. He was 7 over his first seven starts of the year. And look, he ended up having probably one of his best seasons of his career. And nothing against Bauer, I. I but his ERA just wasn't, you know, kind of, you know, fluctuated. So, and also de Grom, So, and they, and the Mets weren't even a factor. So, I'm thinking, is this is going to be Darvish's?
2: I think it should be Darvish simply because the Cubs wouldn't. The Cubs underperformed all year long, and he didn't. And technically, if you go back to the second half of last season and all of this season. He hasn't underperformed, man. You Darvis has been, once that cheating scandal came out, you Darvish became the dominant man he was again. Once they said that them people cheated him, he it wasn't on him no more. It took a weight off of his back because he thought he had lost his stuff. He was confused why they was hitting his ball so hard. And so once they announced it and it went out there like that, you can see the change in him. Technically, it probably wasn't a change. It was just a weight lifted off your back. And sometimes, when you dump weight off your back, you get better. And I think that's what has happened to him. And it should go to him because he was consistent in the points you made. The grime and that in fluctuation on the other side. So he should win
1: that, man.
0: What about you? Great Sid? point. Yeah, great point, Lamont, about you, Dorish. Because, like you said, once the news came out. And of course, he had a couple of uh, nicknagging injuries his first year and a half with the Cubs, so he had to get over that as well. So, like you mentioned, uh, you Darvish did pitch his butt off uh, this past season, but I think it's going to go with Trevor Bauer because he's the only pitcher of Cincinnati that you saw on that five-minute rotation and said. That guy can give us a victory, a chance for victory on that day. And of course, Cincinnati returned to the playoffs for the first time in about five, six years, something like that. Yep. And so, Trevor Bauer was a big part of it. I think the award is going to go to him. Should be a me personally. I would like Darvish to win it, but I think it's going to go to Bauer.
1: Yeah, that's that's what yeah. I'm afraid of too. <laughs> that's what I'm afraid of. All right, real quick with the Jackie Robinson Rookie of the Year in the in the NL, you got Alec Brom from the Phillies. You got Jake Cromwell from the Padres and Devin Williams from the Brewers. Real quick, who are your picks?
2: San Diego. He, he played through all the other great players, and I think he's going to be around for a long time. I'm going
0: with him. What was the list again, Lakina?
1: Alec Baum from the from the Phillies, Jake Cronworth from the Padres, or Devin Williams from the Brewers?
0: Uh, San Diego rookie.
1: Yeah, I, I really like Crawworth, and I think he's got the numbers also to back it. Uh, uh, and for the AL, uh, Christian Javier from the Astros, Kyle Lewis from the Mariners, and Luis Weber from the White Sox. <laughs> It'd
2: be blasphemy to go against the White Sox. <laughs>
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what about um, you, well, say yeah, dis- yeah, despite La Pantata's uh, offensive struggle during the last month of the regular season, uh, as we mentioned, He's great uh, on the uh, he's great on the field covering all sides of the outfield as Eloy, and he, he performed great for the majority of the season at the plate. So I'm going with. Yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm going. You trying,
2: with... trying to say he played? You trying to? I'm sorry, Sid. You trying to say he played center field and Eloy spot at the same time? <laughs>
1: you're <trying to> say. <laughs> I guess that's basically what he's saying.
0: (laughs) Well, he did the majority of the season.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. That's true. And for that, he probably won't win working in the year. All right. He played two positions. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much, Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's switch over to – and also the awards will be announced all next week. So check it out on the exclusive announcement on the MLB Network. And let's go to the, to the college gridiron, you guys, before we take our break. Uh, the Pac-12 is, will be back in action. And unfortunately, there's always been one game that's been canceled already. Washington and Cal – Cal, you know, I think Cal had to pause their um, – football activities because of COVID. I think they had like multiple players and coaches, you know, but unfortunately that game has been canceled, but probably the marquee game is on ABC tomorrow night. Stanford and Oregon. Oregon looks like they may have their best shot to perhaps maybe break in that breakthrough and get into the college football playoff. What do you guys, what games are you guys looking forward to this weekend? Um,
2: That Oregon game, I think they're going to, um, Oregon gonna have a problem playing without fans. I just feel like they is. That's just an opinion. But as as far as looking forward to, you got some big games this weekend. You see which game I'm looking forward to. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to that game because um uh, Clemson gonna have to prove it because if Boston College I was Boston College that good, did they overlook them, Or is Clemson that bad? on their back end. <laughs> so it remains to be seen. Now, the Notre Dame quarterback, I don't know if he can throw the ball that far and do those things. He had to have the best game in his life. But I'm looking forward to watching that game very, very closely.
0: I'm look. I'm looking forward to number 23, Michigan, uh, going to Indiana to take on the 13th seeded Hoosiers. So of course, Michigan lost uh, in the upset at home last week to the state rival of Michigan State. Also, a 9 a.m. for you West Coasters on Saturday morning between Herm Edwards, Arizona State, Sun Devils versus number 20 USC. That's on Fox. There's some news there. We'll probably get into that later. And also, I'm looking forward to number eight Florida versus number five Georgia. And also, let's go to Oklahoma State. They're ranked number 14. They'll take on Kansas State, who they are four and two as well. As you mentioned, Lamont number one Clemson travels to South Bend to take on North, Notre Dame, and and it should be interesting. It wasn't; it's not as jam packed as it was last weekend, but it still should be uh, should be interesting weekend in college football. Laken, do you have news on our local teams who will there be playing this this week?
1: Uh, I'll be looking it up now, but. Uh... I'm not gonna Look, I'm not going to say Ohio State should be an upset alert. I'm not. But but at the same time, though, I mean, Greg Chiano, for some reason, has his way with Ruck, that Rutgers program. They always tend to play, you know, their best – you know, get, give everybody their best shot. So, I'm not going to – look, before any Ohio State fans come at me, say, oh, you don't – you know, yo, well, you want them to lose – no, I'm not saying that. I just said that, you know, just, just <laughs> don't, don't overlook that. That's all I'm saying.
2: Do you think Michigan going to beat Indiana?
1: Well, I mean, they're both kind of the same if you think about it, right? So I, I think that this will be—I think it'll be a high-scoring affair. I'll say that.
2: <laughs> so I, I heard some interesting stuff about Michigan, and and it may it brought some stuff to light. Technically, Michigan ain't been good for a very long time, and it ain't—it ain't, it ain't Harbaugh's fault. That that program has been bad for a very long time. You look at the two coaches before Harbaugh. They, they've they been bad for a minute now. So, and a lot of people blaming it on Harbaugh. I don't think so. I mean, I don't think so. I really don't. And maybe he may be the best next uh, coach. So he might want to get out of there.
1: Well, well before let's let's go let's let's get back on the rails here um nebraska's playing northwestern that should be a good one there because mm-hmm. nebraska hasn't played in two weeks also um maryland and penn state you know we'll see if penn state can finally get their first win of the season michigan state and iowa um and minnesota will play illinois too these teams haven't they haven't played in like in about a week so it's gonna be interesting t- that's gonna be interesting too so for all your local teams um jesus uh I think the game's. i looking forward to. We'll see what Clemson does. I mean, look, DJ, uh, DJ. Oh, 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 I'm not even going to try to say the guy's name, but uh, look, oh, the I, think, I know. I know. Last week, I mean, <laughs> I, think once, I think once he got the nerves, think, out the way, I think he started playing better. So I'm not, you know, I'm not like I think Clemson will do just enough to slow down the Notre Dame um, offense. So I think they'll end up pulling that out. Um. That's another one. Oh the, oh, the oh the the one that you just mentioned said, OK State and Kansas State both were coming off losses, so that'll be probably be a slugfest there, a high-scoring mm-hmm. affair there. 50. Yeah, probably. Uh, mm. Stanford and Oregon yeah it's gonna look a little funny without fans I think mm-hmm. I think it's some of those uh I think it's some of the uh, the big, the Pac-12s I it I said no fans at all I thought I, I thought I read somewhere that it's gonna be like maybe they're just gonna have like family and friends maybe of those of the players I don't know if that's true or not but that's gonna be a little bit odd um Air, yeah yeah like you said it's the Arizona State USC at 11 a.m. <laughs> you Arizona
2: Sunrise Devils.
1: <laughs> that'll be a good one there. Uh, Florida <laughs> and Georgia and Jacksonville, that's going to always, that's, that'll probably be a slug fest. So, some, you know, maybe not a, not like a heavy, heavy slate, but there'll definitely be some good ones. It's a rivalry games, too. Florida and Georgia
0: don't like each other. Yeah, that's true. Before we take our break, Lamont quickly, does Illinois and, and Levy Smith get their first win against an 0 2 Minnesota Golden Gophers team? Yes. If
1: they got their quarterback, plan. okay, okay, yeah, okay. okay. You down,
0: okay. We we'll perk we'll you down. In my, plan, in my in my in my prediction, Northwestern will go three and zero. They should beat Nebraska.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, that'll be look, look like we'll see. I mean, Nebraska we don't know a, who Nebraska got playing, do we?
0: Nebraska ain't
2: you no know, but Nebraska been on, on hiatus for what twenty one days.
1: Well, no, 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 because remember they 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 couldn't play Wisconsin. Remember, Wisconsin yeah. had all the. Uh, they haven't played it. You know, the Ohio hasn't played it. They anymore. haven't, played, but
2: they, they hadn't played the week before
1: that, did they? No, they, no, they, no, that was Ohio State. They played. Okay, so yeah, about okay. ten days. Right, so we'll be able to see. You know, that game is going to be very interesting too. So, should be a fun one there. Good, you know, good stuff in the week ten of college football. All right, so we're going to take a time out. We're going to do our NFL Power <laughs> Hour. We're going to preview Bra- Bears and Titans with uh, – where, where is Caleb from? I forgot. WKRN.
0: Yeah, WKRN in Nashville, ABC2, friend of the show.
1: Yep, we shall – She'll preview Titans and Bears with us and also some interesting things going on in the NFL with COVID testing. So it seems like going to be, there's a lot, been a lot of positive tests. And we'll also do our picks as well as Sid extends his lead in the picks count. <laughs> so I uh, know uh, it, uh, it, it's there. Uh, we're, we're, we're coming. We're coming, well, not, We're coming. So
0: yeah, it's not uh, over can yet. All right. Um,
1: uh, more second season sports, Zoom style, and we'll be right back.
0: Zoom style. Zoom, 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 zoom. Yeah. Welcome back to the second half of the weekend edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom, zoom Style. Along with Lakina McGee and Lamont Scott, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter and the IG at 80 Once again at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80.
1: You can follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter and at Keena underscore McGee on the IG.
0: You can follow me at Lamont
2: Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott69 on Instagram and Lamont Scott 16 on
0: Twitter. And you can follow this show, Second City Sports, along with our other podcast programming from We Are Rico Radio, aka War Media at War on Anchor. Review. You download your podcast. We're also on iHeartRadio. When you please, please, please download the iHeartRadio app. when you do, please type in that search engine box, war on anchor. That's W A R R on Anchor, and we are so our thing live. Instead of just hearing us, you'll be able to see us. Just simply type in War Media on YouTube. Once again, that's W A R R Media on the YouTube. You can watch us do our thing, as I said, live. And you can see our lovely faces. Hello. 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 We're getting there. We're, we're getting there. We're getting. We're almost
1: there. We're almost there. <laughs> <laughs> we're still working. Out. We're still practicing that, folks. Yeah. All right. So with that said. All right. So we get ready for week nine of the NFL, our NFL picks since um, Cleveland, the Rams and the Eagles are on by. So, you know, Get you know, if you have bigger Mayfield, Joe Burrow, the Rams defense, and oh, I don't know if there's anybody in Philly that's worth <laughs> that's worth the yeah. uh, fantasy team. Sorry, Eagles fans, but uh, yeah, so make sure you sit them out this weekend. Sydney, as I said, you know, right before we went on our break, Sydney is extended his lead by two games. So now he's ahead of Lamont by three and me by like four. So, but still very early in the, still very early. We're only about halfway through the season. So there's still plenty of time for us to catch up. Uh, All right. So, yeah, so some good games here this weekend, gentlemen, uh, as we get the the schedule up on the NFC East, where pretty much everyone is still in it, it's sad to say. Um, We got the New York Giants and Washington.
2: I'm going with Washington. Me too. That defense should beat up that boy.
1: Yeah, I'll pick. Yeah, I'll pick Washington too. Should be. the you know, 9 6 type of deal. So that that's I don't not worried about that. All right, in the NFC North, you got Detroit and Minnesota. I'll start. look, Dalvin Cook will probably run all over that the Lions defense. So I think Minnesota wins. They'll, they'll they should be able to get back on track.
2: And I'm going with Minnesota too.
0: Sid. Uh. no uh, no not so at home,
1: Miss at home. Okay, sounds good. All right, we got Carolina and the Chiefs. I'm going with
2: Kansas City.
1: Kansas City. Chiefs. All right. Next up, we got the AFC South of Battle of One and Sixteens. You got the Texans and the Jags.
2: I, you know what? I'm looking at my paper. I don't know why I didn't scratch it, but I'm gonna go with Houston. All right, Sid. I'm gonna mark that here so you can see it.
1: <laughs> Get the proof. Yeah, I'm gonna mark that here. I'm
2: going
0: with, with Houston as well.
1: All right, I'll go. I'll go with Houston too. Make it unanimous. <laughs> oh, look at my with it. <laughs> I love. Okay, so we got the proof. We got the proof now that he picked Houston. Okay, Battle of five and twos. You got the Ravens and the Colts. <laughs> Should be a good one here.
2: I know that's your team, looking but they're going to give Lamar Jackson a hard time, but the Colts should win. I mean, I'm sorry, Baltimore should win. Uh, <laughs> the Colts going to give him a hard time, though. We're going to see if he's really getting confused or if he's really ready like he say he is. I think it's going to be tight, but I'm going I'm to go with Baltimore still. That running game should overcome.
1: What about you, Sid?
0: I'm going with the Colts. Uh-oh. Captain. Oh,
1: okay. Okay. All right. Uh, shoot. This That's is. A, one. Oh shoot. There's a. Oh, this is. This is a tough one here. Uh, I, I guess I'll pick the. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll pick the Ravens. You know, hopefully they'll be able to bounce back. But it's gonna be a. It's gonna be a slugfest here. I think. Another one that should be a good one here in the noon games. You mm-hmm. got six and one Seahawks against the six and two
0: Buffalo Bills. Um, start, uh, let
2: me
0: start this one off. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll start this one off. This is my Super Bowl prediction. I cannot wait to watch this game. Of course, Seattle's been near as three seasons. Buffalo got on, back on track last week with a key victory over the New England Patriots. This is going to be a slug-em, drag-out fight. I expect Buffalo to win because they're at home. I'm going with the Bills in the close one, probably, probably by a field goal or less.
2: Uh-oh, Sid. They know what they call this kid. They call this catch-up. <laughs> Seattle going to beat them. Uh, I like that quarterback. I like that quarterback in Buffalo, but he ain't threw a touchdown in a couple of weeks. And Seattle get Dunlap this week, and Adams come back. Yeah, they're going to beat up on your Buffalo, Bill. They call this the catch-up game. I'm be sure to send you a message during the game. I'm going to send you a message. All I'm going to say is catch-up.
1: <laughs> oh <my> goodness! <laughs> oh goodness gracious! Um, I'm gonna pick Buffalo because they're at home. If this was in Seattle, I'd probably pick Seattle. So this is one okay. of those pick. This is one of those pick 'em games. So I'm gonna pick Buffalo. Wrong pick. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Next up, we got the Broncos and the Falcons.
2: Um, I'm going with Atlanta. I think Drew Locke got lucky, and even though I'm a Lloyd Cushionberry fan, I am going with Atlanta because I think the change of scenery is starting to do them some good. That new coach, they realizing they got two all pros at wide receiver if they choose to. They just got to get in their running back head and keep them focused.
0: But I'm going with Atlanta. And they're at home. Falcons.
1: Falcons. All right. Sweep. All right. The first of the 3 o'clock games, you got the Raiders and the Chargers.
3: Damn. I-
1: Hold on, Keanu. <laughs> You started us off, Sid.
0: <laughs> I can't believe I'm going to make this pick, but I'm going with the Raiders. Oh, mm, 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 mm.
1: I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll pick. Oh God! I mean, Jesus Christ! This this, this, this Chargers team is even getting. You know, just been, I, I've just been wanting to like, oh, with the Chargers team. With- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. Oh, god, this is this is just a. I'm, I'm this is one of another one of those pickups for me. I'll, I'll pick the chargers. Jeez, I'll just
2: th- with you. You're not by yourself, just close your eyes
1: and pick. <laughs> I'll close your <laughs> well. Well, that well that, hasn't, well, that hasn't done really done me any good so far, Lamont. So I'm picking the chargers, too. Yo, yo god help me. All yeah. right. All right, you got the Steelers and the Cowboys. Uh, I, I think the Steelers will probably end up going to eight, Going A-0. I don't trust this Cowboys team. They basically have quit. So, A-0 for the Steelers.
2: And Zeke might not play. <laughs> he, he talked about his hamstring or something hurting. So, I'm definitely going with Pittsburgh. Even if he was playing, if he's healthy, it don't matter. Dallas got a cluster, you know what, down there. And
0: they're going to have to make some changes. I'm going with Pittsburgh.
1: All right, another sweep. Um, Should be a good one here. 325 on CBS. You got the Dolphins and the Cardinals.
0: I will be watching this game live via my computer while the rest of America is watching that Dallas-Pittsburgh poop. (laughs) (laughs) I I like We talked about both of these teams, Laquina in the off season, uh, making improvements. Both these teams are making improvements right now. Both of them are in playoff contention. With that being said, because they are the home team and they've learned their lesson from uh, the the Sunday night massacre of them a couple weeks ago, I'm going with the Arizona Cardinals. Smart man. I'm going right with you.
1: They're fresh off a bye, so I'm picking the Cardinals too. I know... Look, this might be one of those like high scoring games. They
0: did win a couple weeks ago, so Arizona did did win. Yeah, Yeah, I I was reminded very quickly. Yeah. Yep. So,
1: (laughs) yeah, Yeah, but yeah, it should have been a
0: loss for them, but you know, it's going to be like 42 35 or something, right? Yeah, probably
1: one of those games. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. But I think I'm picking the Cardinals first because they're at home, and also they're coming off a bye. Another yeah. good one here in the NFC South. We got the five and two Saints, it gets the six and two bucks. <laughs> What's so funny?
2: Cause anytime I have to go against something I believe in, it just looks funny to me. Like I remember it was a time when I couldn't do it. Like, but uh, I, I don't believe in the Saints secondary. So I'm half to go with Tampa Bay simply because I don't believe in the Saints secondary.
0: Uh, the Buccaneers have revenge on their minds from their week one terrible loss on the road in front of Vanity is is hot right now. He, he's playing the best ball of, of his young season in a Tampa Bay uniform. I'm with Lamont here. I don't trust that Saints secondary, that, which means that, that the Bears – All
1: right. I'm Bears
0: a... in that. All right, so –
1: All right, I'm a yeah. I will pick the, the bucks. All right, uh, yeah, I to pick the bucks. I think the bucks, like for all the reasons you guys have mentioned, I mean the bucks, that that I'm sure they got revenge on their minds from that early early season loss. So, i think that the, the bucks are gonna. You know, I think I think probably going probably have another big performance. Probably five touchdowns, six touchdowns. But that secondary is not very good for the Saints. All and right,
2: they, they can't afford to lose neither. Because if they lose this game to the Saints. They're gonna be in some pretty rough shape going for the rest of the season.
1: And at Division 2. Okay, Monday yeah. Nighter. Uh you probably what do you say, uh, uh Sid? This one's probably gonna be a poop fest too. You got the 2-5 Patriots against the 0-8 uh Jets. A lot of history here. And uh unfortunately, I'm sure ESPN wish they could flex this one. Um Who knows if yo know, Cam's gonna play? So this might be one of those, other one of those poop fest here. So I'm gonna say 6-3. <laughs> It'll probably be, I'll pick the Patriots. I don't know. Yeah, New
2: England for me. I'm, I'm picking the New England Patriots against the New York Jets. <laughs> but uh, this, this may be the sign of something I predicted a while ago. This will be the game that Garofalo ends up back in New England. This will be the start of that ball rolling, because that's going to happen.
1: <laughs> All right. Now, we haven't previewed it yet. We're going to go chat with Kayla Anderson in a, little, in a few minutes, but just for real purposes, Bears and Titans.
0: Real quick, Lamont, guess who's returning to work to call this game after a three-week vacation? Don't say it. Don't say it. Say it ain't so. Who? I, I don't get Stockton and Vilma do it. Please say it ain't so. You don't get John Vilma, but you do get Dick Stockton, and you will get, I forgot the other, uh, Greg Muscles Dennis. Jennings, the yeah. former Green Bay Packers. <laughs> i am go ahead with that. I can live with that. Yeah. I mean, so there will be your game, your uh, game announcers on Sunday for the Bears and Titans.
2: That, that should be that should be interesting. And that's a, what time is that kickoff? Noon. That's, a new, that's yes. noon. You know, Sunday my birthday. So that's go that, the Bears gonna give me a birthday loss.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a birthday Well, happy will.
0: early birthday, Lamont.
1: Happy early birthday then. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> the, Bears, the, the Bears gonna give me.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, you know, uh, we can wait on Caleb, but uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, mm,
1: mm,
2: <laughs> things are rough on, uh, over at Soldier Field right now. I, I mean, I don't see it. I don't believe it. Uh, they didn't try to make no move to improve it. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I guess they're content with it. And and if I was on the bare sidebar, if I was Mitch Trubisky, I would play hurt and tell him my shoulder killing me. I can't do nothing. I'm not going to do nothing. Y'all didn't pick up my contract. Y'all didn't pick up my contract. I'm, look, I'm hurt. Send me to get surgery. I'm done. And going to my next team and, and try to you know try to revive my career. I wouldn't even, I would be hurt if I wasn't hurt for the rest of the year. Y'all, y'all don't want my contract. Y'all bench me. Yeah, my shoulder hurt. I'm hurting.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, this game. Yeah, this game is going to be a slugfest. I know everybody's against the Bears right now, and deservedly so. Only thing that's going to help them is that they're uh, playing on the road, and Tennessee is missing Taylor Lewan, their their uh, office of all-pro office lineman. I he's gone for the year with UCLA, which he with a couple of weeks ago. Derrick Henry has not been that great for the last couple of weeks. The Titans are 0 2 just like the Bears are 0 2 history, I'm going against the grain. I'm going with Chicago. That's, That's right. It.
2: you going to give up the lead like that?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm
2: going to wear a shirt that says Heinz. Uh, Monday when we come. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have catch on <laughs> all in the back.
1: All right. Well, uh, I mean, look, the Bears have their problems on, on the offensive line themselves, so I'm, you know, they basically are kind of plugging guys in, and plus, you know, especially with white hair, probably not going to be able to play because he tested positive for COVID it's on top of the other injuries that he that Bears all line Yeah, the Bears O-line have had, so I, I'm thinking Derek Henry might be able to we'll plow through and this might be one of those games where again this might be another one of those 24 20 type deals so' I'm, I'm picking you know what just because I don't I trust the the Titans a little bit a little bit more than I do the Bears we'll ask Kayla when she comes on hopefully in a couple of minutes but uh I mean, I'm I'm picking the Bears. Uh, you know what? Gosh. The who? I'll, 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 no, no, no. That was a forward slip you, on my part. You picking the Vikings? i <laughs> nah, no, Actually, I'm going to pick the Titans. I mean, just because, <laughs> just because I, I look, I trust. Look, like I said, I trust their offense more than I trust the Bears' offense. I'll I'll just say it like that. And I think Derrick Henry is due for another big game.
2: Not just that, Derek. Right now, who would you rather have throwing the ball, Ryan Tannehill or Nick Foles?
1: can neither be an option.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You got to pick one, because that's all they got. Right now, I would take Ryan Tannehill and his tendency to make just the right throw and not the bad throw, as opposed to Mitch. I mean, Nick, Mitch, they're the same person, almost, when you look at their game so <laughs> far. But I would, take, I would take Ryan Tannehill's, I'm not going to make that mistake to make us lose, and I know what I got behind me situation. And Derrick Henry can afford to take a week or two off because he ran for over 200 yards on multiple occasions. So he can afford to take a week or two off. That ain't going to hurt him. But this won't be the week he take off. I actually hope he don't run one of our bears over and make him a highlight. I really do.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you don't want to be. Yeah, I don't. uh, Like I said, you don't want uh, Kyle Fuller if you're listening. I hope you don't want to be uh, like Josh Norman from Old Jesus.
2: What uh, the rookie? I don't want the rookie to try to make a highlight film and think he's gonna take him down at the ledge. Oh, Jalen
0: Johnson. Oh gosh.
2: Real ugly, real fast.
1: Oh gosh, I, I, I hope not. Uh, <laughs> and those are your NFL Week Nine picks. So as we wait for Kayla, hopefully she'll be joining us in a little bit. Uh, what are you guys seeing from? What do you guys see from from this, this game? Because both these teams are kind of you know coming off of two game losing streaks. Both of them have the sort of like their let's say uh their comeuppance if you will on, on either side of the ball. So what are what are you guys are expecting from this game?
2: Um, if the game had snow and the Bears had a running game, it'd be the perfect game because I expect some punching and fighting and kicking and hard hitting and hard running. But unfortunately, it's only going to be coming from one side of the field. I I don't see us having a hard, pounding, pushing, running game to help us if it was snowing. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be one in the middle, and I think They got a little more than we got right now on
0: offense to score. A couple of things uh, for the Bears. Of course, you have to establish a running game, and no matter who's playing on the offensive line, David Montgomery, he had a good game last week, but I expect a better game for him some way, somehow. And Nick Foles, as you mentioned, Lamont, doing our pick segment, uh, who's the better quarterback, Ryan Tannehill or Nick Foles, uh, like you said, neither should be an option. But Nick Foles has thrown at least one interception in every game he has played this year for the Chicago Bears. And that trend has to stop. If he doesn't <laughs> turn the football over the Bears, we'll have a greater chance of winning this ballgame. Of course, you're surely picked him, so we'll see about that. But Nick Foles has to play better. And your head coach, Matt Nagy, has to call better players. You do not have Kansas City personnel. Let me repeat that again. Mm-hmm. You do not have Kansas City personnel. It's helping you out. <laughs> Thank you, Lamar. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you was going to say Nick Foles
2: has thrown an interception in every game he's played. <laughs> just it just sounded like that was going to come out your mouth. I was like,
1: Ooh. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> well, and, and also too, I know the the, the, the Titans' defense is not something that you know to write home about, but they actually are second in the league when it comes to turnovers. So they might. Look, it, you know, Foles yep. gotta be, yeah, paul got to be careful, careful with the they got to be careful with the ball, at the Bears' office, because they can actually force turnovers, believe it or not. You remember, you know, Mike rabel has got that sort of, you know, that you know tenastic mentality, because remember, you we know, when he played for the Patriots all those years, so he was able to kind of instill that in the defense. So. I mean, they're not, they're not flashy, but they're not that bad. They're actually in the top ten when it comes to receiving, too. They actually have a pretty good secondary group. So, I'm, I'm – they, they got
2: go? safety back there. They got safety back there. I can't think of his name right now. They got a safety that gets down back there. Uh, but they, they, yeah. I mean, I don't trust Nick. But not trusting Nick is Matt's fault. So, I think it all goes back to our coach, man. What kind of game will he call? Will he realize it's a it's a player called the running back? Well, you know what will he do,
1: Sid? So what do you think? Oh, uh, I'm thinking. Oh, Sid, so, so wait for a second. But uh, yeah, like a uh, Kenny Vaccaro. I think that's who you're that's who you're talking about. I think Sid. Yeah, who's actually been to a couple of Pro Bowls. So yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, look, I, I know that you know the, the the Titans' defense, like I said before, doesn't. You know he doesn't really. They don't really get like you know don't get the sort of the name recognition that the other defense does, like the Bears defense. But that's actually not too. They actually got some pretty good guys on the uh on the secondary in the back in the back end with Vaccaro and Beard and I know Desmond King's not going to be able to play this week because of uh, they got to do the you know, he has to you know, go through COVID protocol. But I I, yeah. I think but I, I think look that secondary though is going to be. You know, Allen Robinson will probably go against Fakaro a lot. So okay. that's 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 gonna be a pretty good matchup if you're you know both the Bears and the Titans fan. That should be a really good matchup. Yeah,
2: that's that, and you know that's what I was saying. And I mean I think I think they they gonna
0: man, I think they're gonna pull it out, man. I thought that Allen Robinson would match up with uh, Malcolm Butler, but we may see that at various points of the game as well. Uh taking a look at that, that Titans defense, that's a young Hungry and aggressive defense. No, they don't have any no, uh, any superstar names, but they get after the quarterback. Again, they can uh, take the ball away, just like the Bears defense as well. So we'll have to watch that right there. That's why I said earlier that Nick Foles cannot turn the ball over. If he does or any of those Bears players do, uh, it's going to be a long day for the Monsters of the Midway.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean – yeah, look, like I said before, I mean, it's like, that's gonna that's gonna come down to if, if Foles can take care of the ball and give the ball to Montgomery and perhaps let him run it because that front seven is not that very good with for the Titans. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they actually run the ball, they might actually have a shot here. But if Foles throws a ball and he gets a pick six from Bakero or Butler or whoever, it's gonna be a long day for Bears fans. Sorry, but it just is.
2: Unless they can get one of their own, which is going to be tough because I think Ryan Tannehill approaches the game like he's playing for his job every week. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I think he, he approaches the game like that. And I think that's why his mistakes are limited. I think he really is approaching the game like that. And if you listen to Tennessee's receivers and even Derrick Henry talk about it, he like, man, y'all talking to all these other people for MVP. Hill numbers is right up there with the rest of them. Why y'all ain't saying his name? Is it because he played for Tennessee? He say take
0: some of that shine off of him and give it to his quarterback. Also, also look at uh, Titans wide receiver, uh, A.J. Brown. I believe he's in his second season, I believe. Uh, he can have the big day if Derrick. There- henry can uh that they can establish the running g- game with the titans if derrick henry can establish the running game uh, for the for the Titans and then if bears defense if it breaks it is going to get ugly that
1: That's a, yeah it could be a, yeah it could be a long day for the bears if they don't kind of like you know establish the game right away and if they don't i mean that is going to I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout but don't be surprised if it is a blow if it is a, a blowout.
2: Yeah, I just think man Nagy need to uh man Nagy need to did like, mentioned it earlier, man you need to coach your players and not your scheme. I told you I'm going to get it on a t-shirt. Coach your players, not your scheme. <laughs> if you do that, we can do it. I'm going to I'm going to say Chicago coach your players, not your scheme on the back.
0: And joining us right now, uh, she's a a friend of the show. We had her on a couple of times last year, once before uh, during the preseason and the others uh, during the playoffs for the Tennessee Titans. She's no other than Miss Kayla Anderson. She's from ABC2, w RK in television. I hope I have that right. You can follow her on Twitter at Kayla Anderson TV. Once again, at Kayla Anderson TV. She covers everything Nashville and Tennessee sports. Kayla, welcome back to the program. How are you?
3: Hey, I'm doing well. Good seeing you guys. Thanks for having me on. It's great to to see you
0: (laughs) as well. As we wrap up our portion of the preview of this Sunday's game between the Chicago Bears and the Tennessee Titans, of course, both teams are coming in with current two-game losing streaks. Kayla, I'll start with you. Last week's game for the Tennessee Titans on the road at Cincinnati against rookie quarterback Joe Burrow, They did not look good. They trailed for the whole game. They tried to make a game out of it late, but they came up short. Uh, I basically, gave, they gave the, uh, the game review. But in, inside the game, what happened last week?
3: Mm, that is a great question. I think we're still kind of talking about this uh, just in terms of that was such a surprise for, I think, fans here going into that game. They clearly knew that the Cincinnati Bengals offense was pretty legit. I mean, you got to give Joe Burrow a lot of credit this year in his rookie season. He's really gotten the job done and and on top of having just not really a great line in front of him. But I think that was the reason why Titans fans were optimistic about this game, because they pretty much patched together that offensive line, you know, days before they were playing that game. And so if anything, the Titans thought while the defense has been below average this season, they thought that they could get to the quarterback. They thought they could get to Burrow. They they thought that Beasley and Clowney would each record their first sack of the season, which is crazy to say that they haven't recorded no. a sack, <laughs> but um, it clearly didn't happen, you guys, and, and on the offensive side of the ball, while they did get things going eventually in that game, getting A.J. Brown finally involved, uh, Derek Henry ran for over 100 yards, and for the first time, they didn't win in a game where he ran for over 100 yards, but they got off to a slow start and this is something that the offense has done a bit lately they did it against the Steelers too and it's something they're addressing this week that they cannot have happen again they, they need to get off to a, a better start
1: Kayla tell everyone about that Titans defense like I like I said I mean they don't have a lot of big names they're young they're aggressive you know they got a couple of pro bowlers mm-hmm. tell 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 everyone about the Titans defense who may not know too much about them
3: Yeah, it's really interesting, you guys. This is my fourth season covering the Titans, and ever since I've been here, the defense is really the side of the ball that we've felt the most comfortable about um, going into every season, and we felt like they were always the, the part of the team that could win games for this team. And then obviously Ryan Tannehill came aboard and Derrick Henry got going and it switched to the offensive side. But the biggest thing that has changed this year with this defense that we're starting to really think is a reality is when Dean Pease, the great Dean Pease, um, who came over from Baltimore a couple years ago, became the defensive coordinator, did a lot of good stuff with this defense, even with not a lot of big name players. Um, I don't think we knew how valuable he was until he retired last season and he's not back this season. And Mike Vrabel decided not to hire a defensive coordinator and take on the role himself. What we have seen is what... He won't admit, but we're seeing a lot of miscommunication. Um, I just don't think it's as easy as everyone thinks it's going to be to be a head coach and a defensive coordinator, but he has a lot of pride. Uh, He said hands down the other day that 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 is not the issue. The defensive coordinator situation is not the issue, but in a way, we're seeing these players individually digress. Um, There are some some names on this defense and they got rid of Jarrell Casey, um, but they did add uh, guys like Jadavian Clowney. That was a last minute signing. He's been okay. He, He he's, he's a disruptor. He's supposed to be that he hasn't, technically got to the quarterback in terms of a sack yet this season but he has been working towards that and they're happy with the progress he's making but in my eyes he needs to step it up there's young Harold Landry also we have um, looked at the past couple of years as being a guy who can get to the quarterback he has underperformed and then you look at the Titans secondary and this has really been the the position that has hurt this year that used to be the defensive strong point um, their secondary coach moved on, went back to Ohio State. Anthony Midget done a good job, but he's been dealing with injuries. Adoree Jackson, who is the cornerback that was supposed to come in this season, really have a good year. He's been injured most of the year. We don't even know if he's going to play this Sunday, still has not been activated. And then you got a guy like Jonathan Joseph, who they brought in just to be that veteran presence. And he ended up playing because they're so week at this position. He got exposed last week against the Bengals and he's off the team. Um, so you have like a little bit of patchwork going on. Malcolm Butler has put it a lot on his shoulder. He's been really good, but you just can't put it all on one or two guys. That defensive unit has to start to come together at some point of the season if they're going to be a competitive team uh, the rest of the way. Lamont.
2: Yes. Yes. Kendall, do you think Ryan Tannehill is being under overlooked and underappreciated by most of the rest of the NFL. I heard Derrick Henry mention some things about his quarterback, and he has some high praises for him. Do you think Ryan Tannehill is being overlooked and underappreciated?
3: Yeah, I think that he, I think a couple weeks ago, had after one of the wins, said that he should be in the discussion for MVP this year. Uh, Those two are are really working great together, and they both complement each other so well. Um, You have to give Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator, a lot of credit for what he's done with this offense. I think he got Some love um, at the beginning of the season when they started to string those wins together and then when they lost to Pittsburgh, it all kind of went away. Uh, I think he's done a really good job in terms of carrying his play from last season over to this season and he's been better. I mean he gets better. Um, He's very hard on himself. He's a really big competitor. But most of all, he's been a huge leader for this team. Um, The guys say that he's very local or vocal, especially a guy like A.J. Brown, who's still very young. He has great chemistry with almost all his receivers. As you see, they get the tight ends involved a lot um, with John Smith and some of these no name tight ends. And then Mm -hmm. you got a guy like Corey Davis, who has also stepped it up this season in a contract year. So I think that connection with his weapons this year, his confidence. Confidence, and then having a guy to compliment him like Derrick Henry, where he doesn't always have to have the pressure put on him because when it comes down to it, guys, this team wants to run the ball and and then that will open up opportunities for Ryan Tannehill to do what he does. Um I think once, if they can get going again here, he'll get a little bit more love. But yeah, at at times I think he still is a little underappreciated just for the fact that they got rid of him in Miami, essentially, and really in Miami, he didn't do much. And we're starting to think maybe that had something to do with Adam Gase. I don't know.
0: (laughs) 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 Okay. (laughs) Kayla Anderson of ABC2 Television in Nashville, Tennessee, their sports anchor reporter, is joining us here on Second City Sports. Along with LaKeena McGee and and Lamont Scott, I am Sidney Brown. As we preview this Sunday's contest between – the Chicago Bears, and the Tennessee Titans. Kayla, I want to stick with that Titans running game for a moment. You guys have a stud all-pro offensive lineman named Taylor Lewan who suffered a season-ending torn ACL injury a couple of weeks ago. I said to people that Derrick Henry is still going to get his numbers, but it's going to be even tougher, especially against this Chicago Bears defense coming up this Sunday. Talk to us about Taylor Lewan and how his absence is going to affect this offense.
3: Yeah, you got that right. Absolutely, and and it is still a, a thing where they're having to to adapt to that. What I will say on the positive side of things for that line is Tyson Brelo, who has come in to fill in, has done a really good job, and he's he's a, he's a young guy that didn't really get much play. Um, would fill in at times, and he we just spoke to him today, and you can see that his confidence is continuing to grow. I mean, it's going to be a huge challenge this weekend. Khalil Mack is a bad, bad man. We all know that. Uh, you guys know that. And it's yep. going to be an ultimate challenge. And, and I think this is where you really do see um, this team get tested and see how they stand up to that. But but you had mentioned Derrick Henry is going to get his yards. This is a guy, you guys, that in the the first two years I was here, I I honestly questioned how is he – How is he in the NFL right now? I mean, this guy was not doing anything. He was picking up negative yards on almost every run. He was running left to right. He was a whole different back from what he is now. And he has only gotten better um, and he has this determination that he's going to do everything he can to put the team on the, his back when he needs to, and, and he's proven it um, time after time. He's gotten off to one of his best starts here. He's been extremely consistent, um, so I think he'll put a little bit more weight on his shoulders to to try to do the best he can, but that line's definitely going to be tested, um, but it is it is a cohesive line. Uh, Roger Saffold, real solid guy. Ty uh, Cimbrello sp- spoke very high of him today too. He's kind of kept those guys – Together since uh, Big Taylor Lewan has been out, and you know he was definitely the vocal guy on that group too.
1: (laughs) I'm sure he was. Now, Kayla, I want to go back to the defense here. They're kind of, you know, opportunistic, if you will. They, They can sort of force turnovers when they get the opportunity. So, do you think they can have a chance to do that against this this Bears offense that's had their struggles?
3: Yeah, I mean, you you look at Nick Foles and not taking anything away from the guy and what he's done in the past. And, uh, you know, the situation has been very, very odd there in terms of what happened with Mitch and, and putting Nick in there. But he's just – he's not that quarterback that time and time, game and game after game, he's he's not phenomenal, right? And so he he's prone to turning over the ball. And I know, if anything, that's what those Titans – um, are trying to do on defense this week. They're do, they're going to do everything they can to get to him, um, and that has been an issue. That in. The pass rush has been an issue. I know you guys are a little bit banged up on the offensive line as well, so i 'm sure that the defense is salivating at that fact. but um, I would look to guys that, the guys that have been the biggest difference makers in, in helping create those turnovers is is Jeffrey Simmons. We call him big Jeff um, he is this is the thing about him though he has missed the last um, yesterday he missed practice today I went to practice I saw him in stretch, but then he um, left after that he's been dealing with a little bit of an injury. I don't know if that's just they're saving him to get him ready. I, I think he'll play. Um, we'll see here in just a bit, but that would be a huge missing piece if that did not happen. Cause he has created uh, helped create some of those turnovers. And then I would say, you know, um, bringing the blitz sometimes, bringing some of those guys up and, and getting to them. That's what DMPs like to do a lot. Uh, I could see them doing that as well. But you're right. They have had turnovers in certain situations, some timely ones at that. It hasn't happened as much lately, but I'm sure they're thinking if there's a game we can get that going, it would be this, this one.
2: Now, Kayla, what player or player that we may haven't mentioned that you think may be a difference maker and that could bring a victory to y'all this week?
3: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, So we've all talked about, uh, you know, those guys sometimes that you, you don't really know about. Right. And Khalif Raymond is it's he's an interesting guy. Uh, You see him on special teams, but he's become a part of this Titans offense as well. And and I always like to say he might not be the guy who has the game winning touchdown, but he might be the guy that has the big chunk of yardage before the game winning touchdown. Um, That's the kind of guy, you know, sometimes we look to, to have those big plays that will set them up in the end. Um, So Maybe Khalif Raymond, I could throw in there um, on the defensive side of the ball. If they could get a guy like, um, I, I don't know if you guys heard, but they picked up Desmond King. Um, just this past week. We don't know if he's gonna play yet. Mike Vrabel said to, today that they're getting him in the building Saturday, but it seems like he's really coming along well with everything. Uh, you never know. Some of those guys that get on a new team and want to prove themselves right away, sometimes they can be a difference maker, maybe a turnover or something that could yeah. be a deciding factor. Just throwing it out there.
0: Yeah.
2: Like, like Nick happen. just put up sometimes. So it's, it's quite possible. <laughs>
0: We're heading down the home stretch with friend of the show, Miss Kayla Anderson of ABC Two Television down there in Nashville, Tennessee. She is their sports anchor reporter right here on Sega City Sports. Kayla, uh, uh, during last week's uh, Bears loss to the New Orleans Saints, uh, which everybody got a chance to watch last week, I thought that head coach Sean Payton of the Saints uh, did a masterful job in disguise and uh, uh, dissecting the Bears defense by using running back Alvin Kamara. Uh, out of the backfield uh, on screen plays. Kamara wasn't effective running the ball, but he was effective uh, in screen plays. Do you think that the Titans will use the same game plan and make Derrick Henry uh, uh, beat this Bears defense with uh, with uh, well, uh, not as many screen plays as the Saints did last week, but do you think they'll take a page out of the Saints uh, playbook yeah, to beat I... this Bears defense?
3: I would say that that's a good, that's a good point. Um, obviously, you're not going to do the exact same thing. But I will say this. Mm-hmm. Arthur Smith definitely likes to throw in those screens. And, and they, they like to go to Derrick Henry. He's continuing to try to prove that he can be a guy who can catch the ball, too. I mean, it doesn't happen mm-hmm. often. And sometimes, if he has a drop, he gets extremely frustrated. But yeah, I could see him, though, um, doing some of that as well. He's, what, what's good about Arthur Smith is he's so creative. And there are so many weapons um, that you can somewhat f- make if it's a good game plan, which we, you know they hope it is, um, mm-hmm. that they will have things mixed in there. And I, I certainly feel like that would be something that would uh, he would implement. Okay, Kayla, I know you're a wazoo
1: grad. I asked you about this the last time you were on the Pac-12. They're back in action starting tonight, but there have been a couple of games that have been post canceled actually um the washington cal game now we just got where the arizona and utah that game also been uh pros then canceled so do you think they'll do you think they could able to actually muster up any enough wins <laughs> to make the the college World playoff and what about your your uh your cougars
3: yeah oh man i'm already and i said this too i said you know i have a feeling because the pac-12 in a way Um, postponing the season this late we all knew that there were going to be games that had to be postponed this season or cancelled but at least the the conferences that started early enough um, could either make them up or have enough games to be qualifying for either their conference championships or something like the college football playoff and when the Big 12 did what it did last week with Oklahoma State losing um, they pretty much cancelled themselves out of the college football playoff so yeah a lot of eyes have been on the Pac-12 can they get a team in but the only way that I see that happening is if there is a team that can play every single game in their very very short season Um, and right now like you had mentioned with those games being canceled they're already off to a a, not a great start now the two teams that they have mentioned that are in the mix uh, USC I do not agree with that I uh, you can call me a a skepticism person mm-hmm. when it comes to USC, but I just don't think that program is, is even close to being what it used to be. Clay Helton mm-hmm. is not the job, the guy for that job, but of course they're going to get a lot of love, right guys? They're USC. It's always going to be a favorite pick. My, my team to be able to have a chance mm-hmm. to go is Oregon. Uh, and while I, it pains me to say that, cause I've never liked Oregon as a Washington <laughs> state fan. Uh, <laughs> I do like that their head coach. I like the experience they have had in getting to those type of positions. (laughs) So I'm going to go with Oregon. As for Washington State, guys, I'm just hoping that we can beat Washington this year. Let's be real, okay? As much as I loved Mike Leach – He's doing an awful job at Mississippi State, might I have mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he was 1-7 in seven against the Huskies. Yeah. That cannot happen. The Apple Cup is a very big deal to us up there. And it was almost like it was downplayed in a way because they were just – Okay, with having leech and getting us to bowl games, but you couldn't beat our rival like I always thought that was a problem. So I hope that we can beat Washington. I like Nick Rolovich. I think that um, for the most part, they're not changing anything offensively so you're going to still see a lot of um, air raid type of situations. The one thing that they need to get better at guys if they're going to compete in the pac 12 what we had back when I went to Washington State was defense yeah. and hopefully they can get that established there. And if they can complement on the defensive side and then have that nasty air raid craziness, uh, <laughs> I think it will be a match made in heaven and hopefully we can compete again at the top of the pack 12. Amadi anything?
2: Yes. No, no. Kayla, I want I want to kind of take you all for of sports. Just for a quick second. When I'm in Nashville again, right. And, and if I'm not going to see the Athena thing or to Jack's, what can I do for entertainment? Because I love me some Nashville. I was telling them before the show, I used to drive to Nashville just to get barbecue from Jack's all over Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I love it. drive to Indiana just to get some barbecue, spend the day, and then go back. So uh, what else can I do for some entertainment that you recommend, personally?
3: Yeah. Well, if you like music, um, clearly, you know and i like country music it's not my my favorite but i will say this you, you have to always appreciate every genre and in the history of it so i always tell people to check out um, the country music hall of fame i just think it's really cool to see uh, the not- displays yeah and then um i believe they've, they've they're opening up a few more around town right down there and on broadway um yes. so anything on broadway is always great fun um if you have a chance i, I mean if you're ever here and there's a nashville predators game going on Maybe the Blackhawks are playing there. I don't know if you've been, but it's a <laughs> cool. yeah, Cindy. I can see a, a pretty cool environment. Uh, I will say <laughs> that. Yes, I've we've heard, we've heard. Yes, yes.
2: I mm-hmm. I need to, I, I've been to a time, now, but I haven't been to that.
3: I need to yeah. go check that out. And then I'm trying to think if there's anything else kind of cool um, around. It's, you guys, it's growing so much that it's yeah. even hard to keep up with what is coming into town. I mean, because every day you're hearing of a new restaurant and a new hotel that's going up. But um, I would say those are those are some fun things to do. Uh, I know that they have the IndyCar series coming here yeah. next season, guys. Yeah. So that yeah. will be, they're going to go over that bridge. So that'll be a really cool site too. If, if anybody's in town for that, they're going to have um, activities and events all week for that. So that'll be pretty fun. All
0: Love right. Last, yeah. Last question for you, Kayla, before we spring you. Uh, give us your prediction on this Sunday's game between the Bears and the Titans. Who ends their two-game uh, losing streak and what's the final score?
3: Yeah, I I really have. While there is no home field advantage really this year because there's minimal fans in the stands, um, I do like that the Titans are back home after this loss against the Bengals. And I think that... While I am still uncertain about the defense moving forward and how that will be consistent, uh, I feel like they'll be mad enough as a unit uh, to, to be able to get to the quarterback to do some of those things, maybe create a turnover or two. Uh, I feel like the offense I'm not worried about uh, as much uh, if they can get it going early. So when it all comes down to it, I think it's going to be closer than what some people are saying, but I'm going 24-21 Titans in this one. That's
0: close.
3: That's what I got.
0: Twenty four twenty. All right. Yeah. So
1: we're
0: on the same page. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. There was Kayla Anderson of ABC Two Television in Nashville, Tennessee. She's their sports anchor and reported, also a friend of this show. You can follow her on Twitter at Kayla Anderson TV. Once again, a Kayla Anderson TV. Kayla, thank you so much for taking time of your busy schedule to join us. Please. Come back again soon in the near future. Keep up the great work. Enjoy the game. We'll we'll talk to you next time.
3: Awesome. Thanks for having me, you guys. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Kayla. All
0: right. That was Kayla Anderson, once again, of ABC2 Television in Nashville, Tennessee. She's their sports anchor and reporter. And now you know why she's a friend of the show. She's fun and engaging, and she can talk. Everything and Lamont—that's why we have him on the team. He'll bring something yep. out of you that you people don't expect to hear. This is what we do.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, So, what are you guys looking forward to this weekend before we disperse? My birthday. My well, birthday. Oh, besi- well, besides your birthday, Lamont. Oh, oh
2: you meant you meant the important <laughs> stuff. You meant the important stuff. Oh, my.
1: Well, that's important <laughs> too. what's well, important to The birthday's important too. So, happy happy early birthday.
2: College football, man. I mean, and I, I really want to watch that Bears Titans game. I mean, I, I do want to see can we hold up against Derrick Henry, if he's Derrick Henry. When I haven't seen him when he's not Derrick Henry, but I do agree with something she said. I didn't believe in Derrick Henry the first couple of years neither. I thought he was just gonna be a big right. back that I, I didn't believe in him at first, but the last couple of seasons, he proved really last year the second half after they beat Kansas City, I think it was last year. Uh-huh. He, went, he went on a complete tear. And since then, he just hasn't stopped. And I think that's going to be real challenging for our secondary to try to stop that one, because I know he's going to get past the first line. So I think we're going to have to stop him on that back end. So I'm looking forward to that. That Tampa Bay-New Orleans Saints game, if the Saints win, they'll set up a lot of people. So I'm going to be watching it.
0: Yeah, college football and pro football for me, uh, a couple of games in college football. You have Northwestern and Nebraska, hopefully Northwestern. As I guarantee you on this show, they'll go 3-0. and all. Florida and Georgia <laughs> and, um, in the middle Florida- of the <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> and also, uh, US, US, uh, USC uh, taking on uh, Herm Edwards in Arizona State. I'm, I'm personally rooting for Arizona State. Uh, We'll see what happens there in the 9 a.m. West Coast time kickoff. And, of course, Sunday's game, of course, besides Bears-Titans, I'm looking forward to Arizona and Miami in the late window. And my Super Bowl prediction, the early games, which I'll be watching live via my computer, is the Seattle Seahawks (laughs) and the Buffalo Bills. So that's what I'm looking forward to
1: real quick for me uh like you guys said all the games you guys mentioned that florida georgia game will always is always a fun one even in this circumstance um mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna, it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be weird watching that uh, arizona state usc game at 11 a.m our time it's good well i'm sure it's gonna be even <laughs> weirder for them because it's gonna be it's gonna be 9 a.m for them so it's gonna be yeah also the, i guess uh their, their fox kickoff um uh, i guess um I, I yep. guess they're not—they're not, they're not going to be on this week because I think they're, i think they may have had a positive COVID test there in the I don't know if it was between the uh, the guys um, in the front of the camera. I think it was behind the camera. So I guess they're going to have like I guess uh, Emmanuel Acho and I guess some of their NFL guys. Yeah, so. Car- yeah,
0: Carissa Thompson and I believe Terry Bradshaw. And the pregame show is cut down from two hours to one hour this week.
1: Ooh, okay, so that's that's a that's a tough one for Fox to have to swallow, especially since their their they have actually gone up this year with their their pregame show, their the college mm-hmm. their football, college football pregame show. Excuse me, sorry about that. So, yeah, that that's that's a tough one there, but uh, that should be a fun one there with uh, Arizona State, um, and USC, um, Michigan and Indiana. We'll see if Michigan can get back on track. Uh, Notre Dame and Clemson. I think the, I think the game's gonna be closer, but I think Clemson will end up pulling out that game. Um, Stanford and Oregon, we'll see where Oregon is. Like Kayla said, I think they might they might have the best shot of getting into the, the playoff, representing the Pac-12. Hopefully they won't have to deal with any, have to cancel games. And also the NFL stuff, all the games you guys mentioned, I won't repeat them. I'll say this stuff for repeating them. And also the Masters are next week. We'll talk more about that. Yeah we'll talk more about that next week but yeah the masters are next week and espn's doing something really cool with having their college game day be in augusta so that's a nice little cross promotion Hmm. there it's gonna be weird having the masters (laughs) you know in middle of november but you know it's sort of what they you what you got to do here so and also the the, the awards the mlb mlb awards you'll be interested who wins those awards
2: (laughs) say the mlb interruption awards
1: (laughs) yeah right (laughs) that's so crazy (laughs) All right, on that note, you can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan McGee on the Instagram.
2: You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott16 on Twitter.
0: You can follow yours truly, Sid the Kid, on Twitter and the Insta, SCK80. Once again, Kid 80 That's SIDKID80. That's SIDKID80. You can go to our website at com. That's W E A R E R E G A L radio.com. And you can check out this podcast, Second City Sports, along with other great programming from War and Media, just by searching for War on Anger which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever, you're, wherever you download your podcast platforms, make sure you search for War on Anchor. We're also on iHeartRadio. When you download the iHeartRadio app, just type in the search engine box, War on Anchor. That's W-A-R-R on Anchor. And we're also on YouTube at War Media. Once again, at W-A-R-R Media. You can watch us live, doing our thing. We're real, folks. Hello. Hello.
1: Hello. Hello. Oh, oh. <laughs> we're getting there, we're We we're, we're, we're getting there, we'll get there, <laughs>
2: we're,
3: getting
1: there. we're getting there, <laughs> all right, so I know it's going to be a little warm outside, but please, <laughs> but please have fun safely, guys, the COVID's still out there, you know, wash your hands and wear your mask.
2: Yeah, I'm not going anywhere for my birthday, I'm staying home, my mama cooking me some gumbo and jambalaya, so I'm not Ooh, going nice. in, a, in a turkey.
1: Oh, nice. (laughs) I love it. So for the guys, I'm Lakia. This has Second City Sports, Zoom style. And be safe, guys. We'll see you next week.
0: Peace. Happy birthday, Lamont. Until next time, holla.